0: You're listening to a Richwood Church Podcast. We live in an unprecedented time of uncertainty and fear. Recently, a well-respected news website blared out the headline, Corona deaths explode as White House issues grim forecast. And that's the kind of suffering that we're dealing with, and it's the kind of suffering... That's very, very personal. And it's very easy to see right now that the world is broken. And the world is broken because at one point man has rebelled against God and that is called sin. So the world is broken by sin. But then the question becomes, how do I find hope in a world like that? How do I find my way in a broken world? And the answer to that question is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the hope in a broken world. In our time together, what I want to do is tell you how to have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know how important it is to have a relationship with Jesus. Because in this broken world that's full of sin and death and suffering... Through Jesus, you can be made absolutely brand new. Now, there are a lot of people that are grieving right now, grieving a lot of different things and grieving people. And there was a time when another group of people were grieving. There were two sisters. Their names were Mary and Martha, and they were grieving the sickness of their brother. And he was very, very ill, gravely ill. And they knew this rabbi named Jesus who was wandering the hillsides, healing everybody in sight. And so they did what anybody would do. They sent word to Jesus to come and hurry and heal Lazarus. And it probably wasn't an easy task to track him down. There were thousands of people following him around, but finally word got to him. That Lazarus was sick. And then a strange thing happened. Jesus didn't come right away, he waited. Now, if that would have been you or me, we would have gotten on a plane or gotten in our cars. We would have gone as fast as we possibly could, but Jesus waited. And so by the time he arrived, Lazarus had already died. And the women didn't understand. And that's where we pick up the dialogue and the story to find out how we can be made new. So if you have a Bible, if you have a phone, if you have a tablet, I would like you to open with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 20. Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 20. And we have this amazing story unfolding in front of us the women are indignant they they're angry they don't understand they're confused why did Jesus wait because their brother was gone and so we see this happen now in verse 20 so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming she sent she went and met him but Mary remained seated in the house And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She's referring to the end times. She thought, yes, of course he'll rise, because I believe in your teaching. But Jesus said to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he looked right at her and said, do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So what's happening here? Why would Jesus wait so long? And the answer is, is he was about to preview an amazing event that would preview even a greater event. Because when Jesus arrived, he stunned the crowd. And he called Lazarus out of the grave. He he raised him from the dead. And it wasn't this kind of wimpy, hey, Do you need some help? Let me get you up here. Let's go over and sit down, catch your breath. Let's get you to a doctor kind of resurrection. It was powerful, and Lazarus came out of that tomb absolutely alive. And that's what Jesus was up to, because soon he would be raised from the dead, and he was previewing his own resurrection. Now, Jesus knew exactly when to show up, and he knew what kind of a situation he was walking into. And in Jewish custom, when there was a funeral, or if we want to call it a celebration of life, they did things far differently than we do. They would have lots of people coming. It would be days and days of eating and drinking and dancing and singing. And so Jesus had this large audience that would see this amazing event. The Bible even tells us that some of these people were along the roadside when Jesus rode into Jerusalem to announce himself as Messiah. But there's still one very troubled woman here, and now it's the sister Mary. And it's her turn to confront Jesus as we're leading up to this. And, And she wants to know why he waited. So we go now to verse 32. In chapter 11. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and here's where we see the love of Jesus pouring out, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And so there were those still there that were doubting the reality that Jesus had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. But they were about to see this amazing display of heavenly power that would soon raise Jesus from the tomb and become what we know as Resurrection Sunday. And in verses 38 through 44, we see the actual event. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, But Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe That you sent me. That's an amazing little section right there. He's praying, but he already knows what the Father is about to do. And then, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go i mean can you imagine i know i can't i can't even imagine what that would have been like you have this man coming out of the tomb still wearing his grave clothing completely and absolutely alive that's an immense display of power and that's exactly what jesus was trying to accomplish And he waited four days to do it. And here's why he had to wait four days. There was this this kind of belief system that many of the Jewish religious leaders would pass along. And that is that a soul could hover above the body for three days after someone had died. And could re-enter the body at any time during that three-day period. So what did Jesus do? He waited four days. Because he had to prove that it was his power that raised Lazarus from the dead. There could be no other explanation for it. He had made Lazarus completely brand new. And in the process, he was setting the stage for the major event. His own resurrection. And now in order to see that scene, we shift... And we go to a place now where Jesus is the one who has been entombed. Jesus is the one who has been left for dead. And we're going to just look briefly at the book of Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 5. So if you want a page back there, you can. Mark 16, beginning in verse 5. And we see a completely different scene now. Jesus had been entombed on Friday. He had been entombed put in the grave, and left there. And surely this was a sign that his ministry was over. Surely this was a sign that everything that Jesus had stood for was now lying in ashes. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Because when women came on Sunday morning to put spices on the body, they ran into something that they had never dreamed. An angel was there with an earth-shattering And wonderful announcement in verse 5 and entering the tomb they saw a young man sitting on the right side dressed in a white robe and they were alarmed and he said to them do not be alarmed you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified he has risen he's not here see the place where they laid him but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Wow, what a moment. Here are these ordinary women who had been holed up somewhere, probably the the same room that they did the, the, the last supper in, and they... They wanted to to come and finally put spices on the body because they were rushing against the Passover Sabbath and they had rushed it all and now they wanted to fix it. And what do they run into? They run into an angel that's saying to them, what are you doing here? Jesus is risen. And now all of a sudden history has changed because there's hope. There's hope that everything can be made new in a world full of 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 sickness and plagues and viruses and ultimately death now everything could change because Jesus had risen from the dead and the big thing here is that Jesus defeated death so death no longer has the last say and though death is an enemy of human beings for sure and it causes a tremendous amount of pain and fear death does not any longer have the last word. Do you remember what Jesus said to Martha? I am the resurrection and the life, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. That's power. That's, that's what Jesus was bringing to the table here, the power to defeat death and not just set Lazarus knew and and the different people he rose from the dead brand new and the people that he changed but he's offering it to you. He's offering it to you. And then you have to decide what you're going to do with the offer that Jesus had. You see, here's what happened. On Good Friday, we, we talked about Jesus going to the cross. And the reason he went to the cross is because there needed to be a punishment for the sin of mankind. Remember I talked earlier, the world is broken because of sin. And so Jesus needed to be the one to go to the cross and pay that price. Now, we talk a lot about salvation in churches and we talk about being saved and we, you may have heard somebody say, hey, let's go get them saved. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about being saved from the punishment of sin, which biblically is a place called hell, and it's conscious, eternal torment. And I know people don't like that concept of hell. They they would rather not believe it, and I don't like talking about it, but the reason that hell needs to happen is because the punishment has to fit the crime. And 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 the crime here is so devastating, rebellion against a holy God, that hell was the only answer to that. And so what Jesus is offering is, he's offering a chance for you to be saved from hell, but to have a brand new life. And he did it on the cross and when he rose again. And that's why we celebrate Easter. And so when we repent of sin then we can be forgiven of sin because Jesus has already been to the cross and he's already paid the price for you and that's what he's offering you at Easter now I'm a person who's been made new I spent a large part of my life wandering around not really knowing who I am not being anchored doing a lot of foolish things doing a lot of harmful things and then one day I just sat down and I said, God, I'm tired of this. I don't want to run anymore. I don't want to do this this way. I want to give you everything. I believe in you. Take my life and, and use it for what you want to use it for. And at that moment, everything changed. And I began to change. Now, I'm, I'm so far from perfect, and I'm a work in project, but I am changing. And even more than that, I can navigate this pandemic with a sense of peace and calm because I know my ultimate destiny is secure in heaven with Jesus. And that's what I want for you. I want you to have that assurance. Because there's no doubt, and if there was ever a time in our lifetimes that we've been confronted with a broken world, it's now. The world is broken by sin. But you can make a step right now that can help you escape the punishment of sin and have a brand new life. You can be made new. And so what I want to do is I want to help you make that decision. Now, before... I ask you to do this. I want to say one thing, and that is words are just words unless the heart believes. But I also want to give you a template if you've never prayed before or or if you don't know what to say. I I want you to know how to say it, but again, it's the heart behind it. It's the aching to be saved. It's the acknowledgement of sin. It's the desire to be saved holy and righteous. And here's the beautiful thing about salvation is you might be saying to yourself, I don't deserve this. You don't know what I've done. That's okay. Because it's nothing about you. It's all about the righteousness of Christ, the holiness of Christ. And so literally when you give your life to him, you receive that righteousness and it's like putting on clothing. And so whatever you've done, you can't bring anything to the party anyway so here's what i want you to do i want you just to in your spirit or out loud i'm going to just say a prayer and i want you to repeat it and we'll go through this and again if it's just words it's not going to matter if it's your heart then you can have a relationship with jesus so let's begin this prayer and just repeat after me wherever you might be lord I believe that you are the resurrection and the life. I believe that I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me and please become the leader of my life. And I want to follow Now, if that came from your heart, then right now you are a child of God. You are being made new. Your future is secure, and waiting for you is heaven. So that's really exciting. It's the best decision you've ever made. So here's two things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to immediately, right now, go on myrwc.org. M-Y-R-W-C.org. Org. And you'll see a tab there about following Jesus. Just hit that tab, and you'll get information about how to follow Jesus. You'll be able to connect with someone that can help you follow Jesus. And it's an important step because you want to make sure that you follow up on this decision. And then here's the second thing I want you to do is I want you to tell someone. I want you to go out right now and I want you to call someone that you know is a Jesus follower. I want you to tell the person that's in the room with you. I want you to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And maybe even write it down somewhere so on a day when you might be doubting, you can come back and say, oh no, that's the day. Just like I can remember exactly the day when I gave my life to him and everything changed and I became brand new. So I'm so excited for you. And if you are a Jesus follower, I want you to be encouraged that as we go through this COVID-19 scare, that you are anchored in the love of God and in Jesus Christ. So let me pray for you right now. Our God, I thank you for those that have just come to a brand new relationship with Jesus. I pray that you would help that to take root and that lives would change and there would be a a new sense of excitement and peace that would come over those that have given their lives to you. And I pray for believers in Jesus, that you would help them to be encouraged because of this amazing news of resurrection at Easter and the hope of eternal life. And I pray that you too would do a work in their life and that this would be an amazing experience for them as they continue to follow you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you so much for giving your time. It's been wonderful to be with you. And I pray God's richest blessings on you. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.